I'm trying to work with people to, you know, raise their level of consciousness. Whatever you do, uh, you can find the reason and whatever you do, you can do it in a way that it actually supports your mission and values. That's Pavel Szczecki, co-founder of technology company Predica, IT strategist, operational advisor, investor and self-leadership coach. Pavel describes himself as an introvert and yet one of his key strengths is with people, both clients and employees. And Predica was included in the Technology Fast 50 Central Europe 2019 and FT1000 Europe's fastest growing companies rankings. And in this episode of Your Truth Shared, we look at transparency, consciousness and transitioning into new realities over the course of the life of the business a quieter episode that I think you will lean into as I did. I'm Fanola Howard, intuitive marketer, your host and founder of How Great Marketing Works. I believe that every business has a story to tell because that's how the market decides whether to buy or not. And your story has to resonate with who you are and with the people you want to serve. And this podcast is about helping you reach the market in a way that feels right to you. So if you're an entrepreneur with a dream you want to make real, then this is the podcast for you because great marketing is your truth shared. I find myself speaking more quietly when I speak to Kapavel <laughs> and I find myself, and he's laughing now, and I find myself leaning in to hear a little more. And I also have a memory of working with Predica and Pavel would sit quietly and watch and listen. And then he would share his insights. And so I'm really excited and delighted to welcome Pavel to share his insights himself uh, about his journey and what his experiences have been from a different perspective. Because Pavel and I know I'm talking for a long time now, <laughs> but Pavel has this unique combination of, you know, this data and this IT strategist, but also this um, intuition and ability to listen and empathize with the person who's sitting with him. So welcome, Pavel. Thank you for a, a long introduction. But yes, I'm actually known for speaking people, really, so I really don't mind. I'm more yeah. of this introverted listener, as uh, people sometimes call it. Um, so I prefer to share my thoughts only when I listen, you know, when I understand it, digest it, you know, and all that. So, yeah. So, so, so thank you very much for having me here to share my deeper insights, I hope. Oh, I love it. Um, I'd love to start by talking a little. We, we talked a little before about the journey of four people who came mm -hmm. together to uh, create or found Predica. And and there's an interesting uh, blog on the Predica website that talks yeah. about that story. But what I really liked is the fact that you are four completely different mm -hmm. people. Um, how does that happen that four with four completely different mm -hmm. personalities? Like, could you share? I find myself writing notes before this to see, God, I wonder what does Pavel mm -hmm. think? What makes up a really good leadership team <clears throat> or founder? Do you need these four different people in the room? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, indeed, it is quite unique, specifically uh, thinking about all these 12 
sort of our years uh, that we've been together with, with Predica running it. And um, yeah, we are distinct, different personalities, that's for sure. Um, but I guess what's, what's common, because there has to be something in common, uh, is that we shared, we shared a purpose uh, uh, together, I think. That's how it all started. But also uh, to that, we shared a set of values also that, that kind of uh, drove us yeah, uh, throughout, throughout the way. <clears throat> um, I would say we didn't know that at the start, of course, because, you know, it's not something you, something that you feel that you have a connection with, with people, even though they are different. Yeah. But uh, you feel this level of connection with them. And we had that as well. And uh, over time, of course, you know, when I also developed as a leader, you know, and, and coach and all that, I know now how to name it. Uh, but naming it at the very beginning, if you ask this question like 10 years ago, I probably wouldn't know <laughs> other than, you know, we had some ambition, we had some goals. And that was about it. But I guess a lot of people have that and not a lot form, you know, such a team and, and long lasting relationships, which, you know, it, it wasn't all rosy, you know, and all that. So we had a lot of issues along the way, but we managed to go past through them. And uh, yeah, and I guess that that was about it. How, how do you manage going through them, you know, when there's these different personalities. I like that you just felt them, you know, that you sense them. And it is true that often we just sense something and we don't necessarily, as you say, know how to name mm. it. So if you don't know, and if you're navigating through these 12 years yeah. with feel and, you know, the the uh, the usual expectation of an IT company is this idea of data, data, mm -hmm. data, data, you know, <laughs> especially, you know, when you're in development mode. Yes. And that's... Uh, there isn't that strong feeling piece. So when when you come together to talk about passion and purpose and all of that stuff of what you'd like to do together, and I loved this, if you might share the purpose that you came together mm -hmm. for, and then perhaps you might share, how did you now, where were, can you share where there was key points of disagreement? Would would Is that okay to mm -hmm. ask? And how do you manage? Yeah, I love, you know, transparency as uh, speaking of values, you know, and all that. So I don't mind really sharing even um, such details because it's not something you would encounter, you know, in the books and talking to people that they would share the vulnerabilities, you know, and all that. But that's, that's fine yeah. with me. Um, okay, so yes, we, we have always been a data-driven uh, guys and the company is pretty much the same <laughs> because of that. Um, I guess this is one of the things that we actually shared, that we wanted factual information, you know, we didn't want opinions and stuff like that. And this was one of the key things as well uh, that kind of connected us. But that's on the process level or operational level, you could say, yeah. Um, but on the people level... Um, I think we always had a certain care for each other and for the clients that we worked with. Yeah. And uh, we probably, you know, the source of it was different maybe for, for all of us, but still we wanted to make things right. We wanted to make things good for me personally. Uh, for example, um, the success of other people was very important. Yeah. Uh, I had my own ambitions and stuff like that, but, uh, but I always tend to, you know, put others uh, before me. Yeah. And for example, one of the bigger disagreements we had, uh, it, you know, since there were four of us, uh, different characters, different ideas, you know, how things should be, you know, what's important, what not. 
uh, then we even struggled a bit here and there about, for example, who should lead the company. Yeah, the big question always when you have yeah. four people, especially from yeah, different yeah. perspectives, uh, maybe similar level of ambition, let's say, you know, and all that. So it's not easy uh, discussions to get with some get some consensus, yeah, or, or decision about that. So, so that was one. The second one was, for example, uh, when we uh, were making a decision to to actually sell Predica. Uh, we always had, we also had some different perspective on that, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And not all of us actually agreed to do that. I was actually initially the one who didn't want to do it. Okay. Um, so, but also, you know. I was. Uh, I'm always trying to think from the perspective of a greater good. Yes, uh, mm. but that's probably a quite vague term um, and maybe even a cliche, you could say. But then, um, what's beneath the surface, you could say, it's okay. So, what's important for other people in that perspective? Yes, what's important for me? What's important for the other guys? You know, and uh, and trying to find, you know, a solution which would satisfy uh, all of that. Yeah. So we can dwell a bit into this kind of a selling of the Predikov company uh, story, uh, because I invited guys for some dinner that we can discuss, you know, the reasons behind, like, okay, so why do we want to sell? Why do we not want to sell? However, you know, everyone liked it, yeah. And everyone shared, you know, some some of their uh, views on that, uh, the reasoning. And for me, it uh, was an important turning point, because at that point I realized, you know, that, okay, so, so reality changed, you know. Uh, it's it's been you know many years, and for uh, for the guys also they were interested in something else than you know they wanted you know ten years ago let's say yeah. Mm. <clears throat> so I thought okay it doesn't ma- mean it, it doesn't make sense you know to fight that uh, situation, but just to acknowledge okay that things are different you know uh, uh, the values that we operate with or you know ambitions beliefs that we have they they also changed over time. Not frequently, but still, you know, over this long period of time that that happens. So, so I realized that okay, so it doesn't. So whatever we have built this company with starts slowly to kind of disengage, yeah, uh, in yeah. in in people because they have something different. So I thought, okay, so the best thing that we could do is still, you know, work together with the same idea that we had before, so transition this company to a new reality. Uh, to take care of the people in the company, to take care of the clients, you know, and and ourselves in that as well, yes, because um, uh, because what we wanted as a, as founders uh, also matters. Sometimes, you know, we tend to forget about that. Uh, also, mm. people asking, you know, why we why we we sold. They take perspective of employees, and this is important, of course. But we also are there, yes. And uh, for me, it was important that. Um, we do it somewhat for ourselves too <laughs> this time, yeah. um, but with a certain way, which is the best it can be for everyone else as well. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting that you didn't want to sell, but you uh, you chose to stay. Yes. Because when we spoke recently with Greg, he left. Yes, but uh, that the, the idea here is different, of course, because Greg started this the startup. Probably he, he told you about. Yes. And yeah. of course, we also made a decision, okay, that this is very interesting, uh, this has um, <clears throat> great potential, and his attention is best, you know, uh, focused there, yeah, uh, to the most. Yeah. So so that was that was the decision, and uh, yeah. Um, but I also engaged in the whole process, even though, you know, I was against at the beginning, but I thought the best way now I can uh, operate 
to prepare it the best I can, you know, to make this transition also as best as possible, uh, which was somewhat, you know, against of what I wanted at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, but I realized, okay, that might, might not be the best solution uh, overall. Yeah, that's why um, that's why it's about that. So, you know, in the end of the day, I believe that all big decisions like that are, you know, coming from the values that we have. Um, and mm. oftentimes we don't even realize them. <clears throat> and one important maybe tip I can, I can also share that, you know, um, we have some discussions with the guys also about the values uh, in, 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 um, in some occasions, but uh, it was uh, for me, it was a great learning. It was quite surprising how differently we can, uh, we can understand certain values, which we name, you know, in the same way, but what's, what's behind them, how we understand they should work is very different. Yeah. So, uh, having yeah. a lot of, you know, open conversations and, and transparent approach with the intention actually to understand, you know, with the intention to, to come up with some idea, some conclusion that is best for, for both. This is, I think, the key, yeah, which can get you past mm. any, any conflicts as well. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, um, you, you, the four of you spent a lot of time and effort to really articulate very clearly the values of Predica mm -hmm. um, and also to define this Predica way of doing business, of how yeah. everybody treats each other, how they work, how they're motivated, what's important. You know, even this act with care part of the Predica way is really important. And um, you now have been acquired, Predica has now been acquired by a large organization who yes. in all likelihood doesn't have the same culture. So yes. how, how do these things um, come into alignment? Are you, do you get subsumed by this larger organization and is all of this work that you have dedicated so many years to gone? Is, do you get to have influence? Is this a really difficult question for you to talk about? No, I mean, no. I think it's, it's really quite easy. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, it's quite easy, I have to say, because um, I'm happy that we came, you know, into agreement with Software One um, out of other companies, for example, that we we uh, we talked about this with. And because Software One <clears throat> is probably the closest to our culture as uh, as I could imagine, because they also have a lot of uh, caring, you know, in their uh, culture especially around people, and I like it very much. Um, they have similar views on, you know, if, uh, on how to approach the clients, you know, what's important internally. Of course, it's an organization which um, which started as a different business. Now they are in transition, so it's it's a lot of things are different. But this value piece actually is, uh, is there. So I, I like that because they also li leave us a lot of autonomy uh, to operate a lot of decision making. They consult rather than tell us what to do. So, so it's really a collaborative effort actually to get these two companies together. Yeah. And you can really feel it when you talk to people that they are really interested, you know, in opinions. Uh, they value what we have built already. Um, you know, both, you know, the culture, the ways of working, all that. So, <clears throat> so. We understand that we need to come up with the best of both again. Uh, so that's how the world works. You need to find some, some consensus. Um, but still, um, and there's a lot of discussions how, how to do it, you know. So I really don't think we're going to be consumed or anything, which is kind of the default uh, assumption when you're thinking about yeah. you know, mergers and acquisitions. 
<clears throat> but here uh, is tomorrow to trying to find the best of both uh, because for example i have a lot of conversations with software about how to adopt our methodologies and ways in their environment as well because they are seeking mm. you know to develop the company in the ways that we have already done throughout the years so 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 little david and goliath that the smaller company can teach the larger company do you feel that is it is it hard for your your employees to believe this well of course it is because of again some beliefs like okay what is happening during acquisitions yes um that you can also read in you know in the news or whatever and usually it's large mergers you know some people's uh, there are some layoffs and you know all kinds of things like this and here it's not the case actually so so it is of course um so what we are trying to do of course is to actually show the people on the real cases okay so what this is because a lot of that is, of course, the typical resistance and fear uh, for change. Yeah, uh, like what is happening. So that's that's normal. So I don't even you know blame people because you know um, cert- you, you lose certain sense of safety sometimes. Yes, with such things, especially that we had we had to do pretty uh, quick announcements. You know, because Software One is a publicly listed company, so they had to disclose you know all these transactions. And we weren't ready with many answers, you know, that we should have had by then uh, for the people specifically. Yes, so it was very gray area at that point, which of course, you know, gets people into certain assumptions, certain fears surface, you know, and all kinds of things like that. And it's not easy to handle. So unfortunately, even with our culture, you know, we always came up, you know, prepared and, you know, uh, we we always cared for the safety of the people and we always wanted to have all the answers for them. And this time it was very different. So yeah. um, <clears throat> so I expect people also might have some, you know, some issues with that, that we did it differently, but here we didn't have a choice, unfortunately. Yeah. How do you manage that when it is grey? First of all, uh, at least we try to be very transparent about this, uh, but we don't have all the answers. But we also, since Safuan has assured us that and they will not interfere with our operations and they don't want to change many things. We keep we kept repeating this to people, yes, so that they they they, they felt it. Uh, we spoke with a lot of people, you know, even individually, you know, just calling them, you know, explaining the situation and all that. We had, you know, even uh, in our one, we have a huge list of people that that, that, that we, we called individually. We split between our four and this list. We didn't manage, of course, to call everyone uh, possible, but... We picked some people here and there so that we can we can discuss. We, we made a lot of, we tried to make a lot of communications around that. Yeah, so, but it's so it's still difficult because when you when you catch people by surprise with a big news like that, uh, then um, the world kind of you know shifts for them. You know, <clears throat> so so I can understand that. Tell me about, um, and yeah. obviously this is ongoing, but. I want to kind of speak for a moment about, you know, uh, you start as IT strategist, you know, the data thing, the Microsoft background and all of this. And I was just rereading the article that you wrote last year, Mm -hmm. which is about empathy and your journey to from the (laughs) IT technology thing into coaching and you wrote this great piece about empathy and empathy mm-hmm. like a superpower. And I kind of would like you to share a little bit about that and your thoughts and your insights into that story. Okay, sure. The story, <clears throat> the story is my story, of course. 
about how I discovered certain, yeah. you know, this sensing, intuition, abilities. And, uh, well, especially in the business world, in technology in particular, you know, uh, there are a lot of tools, processes, operations, and stuff like that. And in the business, uh, you have, you know, goals, things to achieve and all that. And um, uh, it's it's rare that you actually discuss, you know, emotions and, you know, things happening in, in the background. People are not comfortable, actually, to deal with other people's emotion. That's That's a common challenge probably you could say that's why people kind of refrain from you know sharing the emotions and uh, showing them actually especially in the in, in the workplace and the same happened to me since uh, i also i'm highly sensitive person um then obviously you know i tend to get emotional at times even that even since people don't say that because they always called me cold-blooded especially in difficult situations that's a funny funny thing so I guess I managed that quite uh, quite well over the years, um, but still I kind of perceive that as a as a somewhat of a challenge for myself, yeah, in 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 my professional development, uh, that I'm becoming emotional and things like that. But you know the things. So I started exploring basically. Okay, so how can I deal with that? You know, and I tried many things uh, here and there. Uh, to try to somehow you know manage that uh, to be more. Mm, <laughs> or actually less emotional maybe or less attached to uh, what is happening uh, on an emotional level but uh, i learned that this is something you cannot escape from really yeah <laughs> so, I, so i kind of could say wait yeah. these years you know finding this out but um, i needed to actually learn for myself so uh, so i started looking different at different things there so um, it happened actually that uh, that I became a leader of people, something I never wanted to do. But since, you know, I was a founder of a company. Hmm. Uh, why not? Well, why not? I don't know. Maybe I thought I wouldn't be good at it or something like that. I was always an individual contributor. I always liked, you know, uh, individual work. Um, so I kind of tried to get away from, you know, working with people or actually having responsibility for them. Yeah. Uh, but as being a founder, I, I knew that, you know, as, when you're a, a founder of a company, then you know that uh, there is there are things that you just have to do. So if there is something to do, nobody would do it, then you have to do it. Yeah. So I took it kind of like that. And uh, this is where I learned that, okay, so this can actually work because when I started working with people, I see that, okay, I was focused, you know, on them and what, what they needed, you know, guiding them through various things. Know, listening to listening to them and it's really started working both for myself and for for the people there and uh, that, that i had to lead and later on you know i started doing this coaching and stuff like that to um, maybe to satisfy my analytical approach you could say because you know mm. coaching uh, surprisingly is very process oriented um, you know thing as well yeah so there are certain things you, you need to do there are certain models you can apply you know certain tools you can use so um, so if you find a coach who actually is like a, just a talker <laughs> you could say uh, that's probably not the best person to, to do that yeah. because you need to follow certain things so you know my analytical approach actually fit quite nicely into that because um, um, whenever I you know dig into the some issue or something that I need to work with people, then I'm looking for solutions. It's kind of in the same way I approach uh, IT world, yeah, but of course with different tools. 
So for mm. me, it helps me actually to structure the world in my head somewhat. Yeah, this kind of you know emotional world uh, that can be you know managed, that can be used, and that you can actually find usage for it. In in that sense, it can be practical. Um, mm. But you know, when you start to being afraid of it, then it kind of gets you you know down. But when you start thinking about it, how can you use it for my advantage or for the advantage of the people I'm leading? Then uh, you can discover some strengths coming out of it, yes, and then um, then certain level of power also uh, gets from that um, because it gets you going. So explain what you mean by a certain level of power. If you believe that uh, whatever, for example, feature or trait you have, if you believe it's it doesn't work for you, then it's self-fulfilling prophecy. It will not work for you. Yeah. If you believe it it is working for you then uh, it will get you going you will start seeing you know these things that, that 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 work you can start seeing people you know appreciating for example the transparency that that you bring with you even if you're these vulnerabilities as you think you can think about it you see or some uncertainties that you might have when you start expressing this to people they are also appreciative of that that you are a normal person <laughs> in a way yeah. <laughs> like they are and stuff like yeah. that you're not you know this all-knowing, you know, not feeling anything, you know, uh, just goal-oriented, you know, machine. Yeah. Does that mean that you like leadership now? Yeah, I have to say I do. I do. Still, certain things uh, pose ah. some challenges to me. Like, for example, I don't like giving people negative feedback. It's very... Probably nobody likes that, but you know, when you're an emotional person, then you tend to, or empathic specifically, then you you expect certain um, uh, a certain feeling of being uncomfortable in, in the person you're talking to yeah and since I'm feeling the same it's uh, it's mm. draining my energy as well yes uh, but on the other hand I know I have to fight it because I know yeah. it's for the greater good for the person as well yeah so 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 it's not that it's it's easy um, but especially this one is necessary, but then at least you can relay the message to the person in a way that uh, it's probably the best received, you know, both emotionally and from the merits perspective as well. Yeah. Is the thing that helps you most, because you're repeating this, uh, is this greater good concept, is that the thing that helps you move? It is, because this is this kind of links to this active care that you mentioned as, as our one of the core uh, values, yeah? Uh, because this is kind of a general, uh, probably, value that people care for other people. Maybe not all, but but let's say, yeah. So if you think about it from this perspective, that you don't want to harm this person, even if short term you're you're causing some discomfort for people sometimes. And also when you have a difficult conversations, even with like with founders we used to have, then still if you're coming from um, it is that you don't want to you know cause harm to people, but there is this greater good that we will come up. Um, stronger from that, then it is something that uh, that will get you past the difficulties. Yeah, kind of. But does this then give you the reputation of, you know, if I have to get negative feedback, I really just want to get it from Pavel more than anybody. Hello, else. you'd have to ask you know, the other people in the company <laughs> because I had some mixed uh, you know, opinions. That's actually interesting because. Some people, okay, maybe they like uh, getting feedback from me because it's packaged, you know, nicely. You can you can, you can really take it, yeah. But on the other <laughs> hand, I have an opposite opinion that people sometimes uh, are afraid of me because 
of how it's like I'm doing a, a surgical operation on, on their brain, you know, <laughs> that I can point exactly <laughs> what this is. I'm doing it calmly you know, and, and politely, but it gets exactly to the point, yeah, mm. which by itself is difficult for for person. Mm. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I don't know, you know how I do it. I just do it always with the intention to, to help, you know, the person uh, so that the short discomfort will actually cause a long-term improvement yeah because it's i'm always trying to think about yeah. it in, in the way that the the improvement that people do even in working environments also will help them in life you know because they are developing themselves as people mm -hmm. you know when it comes to relationships with other people for example being sensitive to to other points of views for example and things like that and it's not always obvious for for many people so yeah so I don't know if I'm the best feedback <laughs> giver, but but I'll try. I try. <laughs> when you think about the four of you, and you think about your journey, have I'm curious, and you may not be able to answer this, but just occurs to me to to talk about it. You can see how you grew. You grew. Um, you started with this yeah. idea altogether, and then you you discovered this uh, empathy superpower that helps you really dial into other people to help get the most of them. What are the other developments that you see mm. in the other founders? Yeah. Or even if we started, if we started even with, of the four of you, so if we say, you know, there's Greg, Andre, yeah. Thomas, and you, what would you say their characteristics were at the start? Mm -hmm. And what would you say they are now? Is that a really awful question? It just makes me, I'm just interested in the past. There's, with me, there's no awful questions, really. You can ask me anything. Um, uh, but I might not just not be able to answer. And this is actually a difficult uh, thing to answer because, uh, you know, the point where I was in the past, I wouldn't be able to tell because I think we were quite alike in the past. Yeah, We had certain uh, similar level, uh, similar ways of thinking, you know, about things. We focused more on the solution side of you know the business the it and all that you know so more more technicalities really mm. but you know uh yeah yeah probably i can assume i invest the most of the time in the personal development you know in these people traits relationships you know values everything is what is related to that the guys i think invested their time in different areas <clears throat> so over time we saw how uh, how i think each of us uh grow in more in different areas yeah i guess we grow uh, to some extent in in all areas but uh, but certain differences started to surface you know as as we went on yeah <clears throat> so mm. greg obviously is a good entrepreneur hence you know he, he fired up this this new company andre for example is good business manager really uh, i can say i admire his approach in many ways here uh, Tomek, on the other hand, he knows mm. very much the IT business, how it's all kind of connected. So the his the technology part and information was was always his strong point. So, and I I kind of moved more into this kind of people space, you could say, yeah. So actually, that that those differences, while it may make you move in different directions and possibly moving yes. apart in some ways, were were actually the ingredients to the growth of the company. Yes, because all of these skills actually were needed, yes, uh, you know, here and there to some extent. So I always try to see that as we are kind of complementary, uh, that, that we are not like a competition, yes, even though it's sometimes, you know, when you have a couple of ambitious guys doing some business, uh, you kind of run into that. Uh, 
but you need to watch your ego, you know, because again, this comes to this greater good, because um, if you let your ego uh, rule, then of course you will be doing that to satisfy uh, purely your ambitions. So for me, one really key thing was to realize that I, I also played a part in that. Uh, I had a ego like wanting to be, you know, CEO or whatever at some point. I wrote this by the way in one of the articles as well. <clears throat> but I thought, okay, maybe this is not this, this is what my ego wants, but this is this will not satisfy, you know, my values, kind of my my personal mission and all that. I can achieve these things by different means. Yeah. <clears throat> so I kind of repurposed my place also in the company so that I can focus on different things. And this was really kind of a releasing point to me as well, yes. And the same with the selling of the company. Okay, so maybe my ambition would be to have this company for the rest of my life. But on the other hand, uh, this by itself is, wasn't that important. So I kind of tried to look for a different perspective that I can take, which would still satisfy my values in what I wanted to achieve, but still would, which wouldn't be in contradiction um, to the other uh, guys' uh, needs and ambitions. Yeah. But a very um, conscious choice to make to change perspective. Yes, and this is uh, where coaching, for example, comes handy. I'm now a coach, but bef before I was, um, I was also a coachee, by the way. So I learned this, this thing about coaching, that coaching is actually yeah. about uh, the perspective change. Yeah, it's about what's called uh, reframing usually. So now yeah. I'm, you could say, maybe cautious enough to do it myself so that I can stop for a moment, try to evaluate situations from different perspective, and, and see see what happens. So I do this reflection uh, quite often, yeah, when I'm having such difficult uh, times. Um, but okay, but that's me because I'm interested in topics itself. I know you know the methodologies. It's easier. But what I could advise, you know, also to maybe to, to your listeners is that sometimes it's good to have a coach or someone like. A, uh, you use this nice uh, phrase once, the thinking partner, yeah, someone who can, who you can, who you can talk to, who yeah. can show you a different perspective and help you actually understand your own perspective better, where you're coming from, uh, what values drives you, for example, what beliefs usually hold you or stop you because usually uh, th th they are problematic, and maybe even uh, deeper uh, if you wish, because you can uh, talk about your what's your kind of personal mission. This is something that. It's difficult to actually put into words, um, but uh, when you have someone to, to discuss, you can uh, discover certain traits that you would follow because uh, these, this kind of set of things, uh, I believe, they drive your behaviors, they drive your decision-making, they drive how, you, how your life looks. But on the other hand, I think quite a few people really can name them properly, you know, because they are very uh, kind of, uh, hidden uh, behind what we are doing, yeah, and you normally don't sit and think about okay, so what are my values? There are some universal things, you know, like justice, fairness, and stuff like that, but but the, there are more these mm. subtle things uh, that differentiates us really, yeah, that matter more. What is your path now? Okay, so my path now is I'm following some of what you would call the mindfulness practices, uh, although uh, yeah. from the Word building perspective, the mindfulness I think should be called mindlessness because it's <laughs> all about switching off the mind. Really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, uh, I came to the point where I try to, you know, appreciate what kind of the life brings and uh, position myself in a way that okay, take the most of, of what you what you have, you know. 
uh, or of what life brings, mm. because you know, even this transition to software one, people might perceive it, for example, as as a downgrade or of or all kinds of stuff that we are now employees, not founders, for example, and and, and things like that. But I'm trying, for example, to again look at it from different perspective. That now I can influence more people. Now I can actually, um, I have a broader reach uh, across the world, yeah, because of what Software One brings. So I'm trying to, you know, look at it from that perspective. That uh, I'm still trying to follow my mission because uh, I'm trying to work with people to, you know, raise their level of consciousness. Maybe that's probably that could be my mission statements. And I can do it in all kinds of ways. Yes, I can be a founder of a company. I can work uh, in another company doing that. I can be a coach and do that individually with people. So there are multiple ways actually that you can achieve that. Um, <clears throat> so I'm trying to look at this from that perspective. Yeah. Um, but whatever you do, uh, you can find the reason. And no, whatever you do, you can do it in the way that it actually supports your mission and values. Yeah. I. I get from this that there is always a way. Exactly, exactly. There's always a way. Yeah, I really like that. There's always a way. I love that. That's a really nice way to end. <laughs> it's a really nice way to end our conversation. And um, I love that. And I wish you every success with that because I think you've already succeeded with it, but I'm curious as what will happen next. Yeah. Uh, and I wish you every luck with it. All right. Thank you very much. For me, the success is actually the the fulfillment of this of this mission. This is the success. So, if you can find that in whatever you're doing, then whatever you're doing is is enough. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Pavel. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you'd like to find out more about Pavel, look him up on LinkedIn under Pavel Shuchetsky. That's LinkedIn.com forward slash in forward slash p a w e l s Z-C-Z-E-C-K-I. And if you'd be so kind to share this episode with someone you know who would find it valuable, I would greatly appreciate it. And if you'd like to reach out to me about the podcast or anything else, connect with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Finola Howard. And I'll be back next week with another great guest. Until then, take care.